Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it's Jim here, and uh, I'm with my co-host, Patrick. Hey, what's going on? And uh, Christopher. Or are you? Oh, yeah. Uh, We're virtually together for my birthday uh, bonus. They decided they didn't want to be anywhere near me for my birthday, so we're doing this episode completely remote. It's a nice new experiment we're trying. Um, Spread all across this great... Everybody's sick. Well, it's I've got to say it's good because frankly I've seen enough of you for a very long time. Yeah. I mean, we did just spend uh pretty much a whole week together, so uh Oh, that's right. You're you're in the ice lands, the lands of ice. Yes. yes. Yeah, by the time we by the time we landed at Logan, Christopher had just had enough of me and I I made sure to stick around as long as possible. Uh, yeah. Not nothing <laughs> tests a friendship like going on a vacation together. <laughs> that's for goddamn yeah, sure. So- I think one thing that I've got to get off uh, my chest right at the top of this is um, on the flight out there, uh, I have a bathroom story. Excellent. Of course, Um, as you do. Yeah, so I I saved this for the entire time. Uh, I didn't mention this at all on the trip or until now. But basically, uh, I had to relieve myself. Uh, I had to make water, as some say. uh, Shake the dew off the lily. Shake the dew off the lily. Yeah. go see a man about a horse yeah there's a lot of expressions for this one so i went to go do this um and the both of the bathrooms were occupied so i waited outside of one and the door opened before too long and a sheepish looking gentleman stepped out i go in behind him and it smells like a nightmare um (laughs) like the toilet seems like it wasn't properly flushed which is insane because airplane toilets do one thing very well and that is like suck shit down yeah uh, no, no pun intended. So, the, like, it just looked like a crime scene. So the first thing I did was flush it again to make sure that I wasn't going to cause some sort of incident on this plane. The plane would have crashed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I flush it again, and fortunately everything goes down. So I, I do my thing. I wash my hands afterwards, and I open the door, and there's a woman outside waiting to use it after me. And all I can think of to myself is... She's going to think that whatever, like, nightmare she can still smell is because of me. And I really wanted to say to her, like, look, I know you're not going to believe this, but the smell, it's, I'm not, I'm not the reason it smells in there. I tried to clean up the place, but I didn't. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, there's really nothing you can do in that situation. It definitely sounds like a Larry David sort of situation where you have to, like, explain to her, like, even though she didn't ask, she's like, listen, whatever you smell in there, it was not me. 
And then I would have to find the guy. Yeah. I would have to like look around the plane and be like, no, it was him. And then I would have to like identify a person. And, <laughs> and then you like, go, be and then like, you, that is the person that, that gotta, made a poop. And then go go up to them and bring the lady with you. Be like, tell the lady, tell the lady that it wasn't me and it was you. And also next time, flush twice if you have to. And like th- this guy also happens to be like his wife's new like something or other like I don't know personal trainer or something. Oh, that would be so good if they knew each other. Yeah, exactly. And I was the one who was like, "All right, guys, sir, you must explain to this woman what you did. You mean my wife?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, she she knows what I do. <laughs> All right, so. Yeah. It was my birthday, so we get to do a birthday bonus. Um, and, you know, there's nothing more that I love for my birthday than some, some Stephen Wilson. Uh, so we're going to do uh, his solo album from 2015, Hand Cannot Erase, which uh, uh, if you were not listening to the In Absentia Porcupine Tree episode, um, you wouldn't know this backstory. So uh, I'll go ahead and explain it again. Uh, Christopher's convinced that this album is about me because <laughs> back in 2006, um, I got to meet Stephen Wilson and uh, I was very excited and I asked if I could take a picture with him and I put my arm around him and in the photograph, he is visibly upset that I am touching him. <laughs> so, Well, I think the problem is that you, um, you very clearly have an erection in the photo and he may have seen that beforehand. <laughs> I, I yeah, like, maybe. I like how on the uh, so Jim does an illustration every time we get together to uh, to do an episode, and this this time he drew the picture of himself, a, a representation of him like <laughs> wrapping his his little mealy arm around Stephen Wilson. Uh, Christopher <laughs> likened uh, Jim to a uh, greasy French pervert, which <laughs> like. No, I, I said, I said, why do you look like a Frenchman who's about to de- who's about to die of a cirrhosis related reason? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, to this day, I'm I'm still very upset that he was upset, and um, I hope. Do you think that, he ever thinks about it? Uh, obviously, he wrote a whole album about it. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm really hoping that he kind of worked through it through this album. Like he really, you know, was able to get those emotions um, out when he when he created this uh, this piece of art. Uh, so uh, we'll talk about it today. And actually, I didn't know what it was about until I read the uh, the Wikipedia uh, article today when I was um, listening to the album. Um, but anyways, uh, a little bit about the album. Uh, the album was recorded in September 2014 at Air Studios in London, UK, and all the band members of the previous album are featured on this new recording. Um, I guess there was this guy, Theo Travis, that really wasn't part of it for some reason. Um, you see, Theo! <laughs> <laughs> Theo, I have You gotta play go. the flute! <laughs> no, no, listen. Well, Steve Wilson, you, you got you. <laughs> well, kids these days they don't know nothing about the prog music. See, <laughs> well, you do. You understand. <laughs> Stephen Wilson plays the darndest things. Let's <laughs> <laughs> look at him go. You see, Theo, the kids say listen to the punk rock music that gives them the brain damage. 
Uh, somebody. You see, you see, yo, I, I, I used the, the drugs. Please, <laughs> please put that. this man in jail. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wilson also described the album as more reflective of all of the different material in his back catalog, featuring elements of electronic, straightforward pop songs, alongside long progressive-oriented tracks, which is definitely on this album, because there's a couple of 13-minuteers on here. Um, alongside Wilson, the album features Ninette Tayeb, I think it's pronounced, on vocals, and the music is heavily inspired by the... By the dreaming, an album by Kate Bush, which actually I think Patrick, you were just talking about Kate Bush the other day on the Slack channels. I believe I was, yes. So that's interesting. Yeah, they um, compared so it to the dreaming, uh, which yeah. I thought was a uh, interesting bit of uh, nugget of knowledge. Yeah. Um, so I guess um, the actual concept of the album, other than me touching Stephen Wilson and him feeling like he cannot erase my handprint from his shoulder. Uh, <laughs> I guess it was about a uh, a young woman who moved to the city and, like, died in her apartment, and nobody knew she was gone for, like, three years. Yeah, and the weird thing was, like, she wasn't this, like, old spinster or anything. She was, like, a popular woman who had, yeah. like, friends and family, but just, like, it slowly isolated herself over the course of time and then, like, out, out of the memory of her friends and family. I don't know. Pretty, uh, yeah. pretty depressing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so um, he's pretty much got the same the same lineup uh, from the previous album, um, uh, minus what he was saying about Theo not having as much input. I guess because it was I, I I I don't know if I even I don't even know what the hell the last album was before this one. Um, well, I mean that that stands to reason because this came out in 2015, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so around then, Theo was definitely hanging around with some people that you probably wouldn't want to be hanging around with circa two, uh, 2015. Yeah? Yeah. Like Bill Cosby. <laughs> 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 or any, any year at all, come to think of it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, as far as Stephen Wilson's solo albums go, this is definitely probably the most accessible. I remember his first one that he put out um, called Insurgentes um, was good. It was a little more kind of off the wall and kind of noisy and very different from Porcupine Tree. He kind of split off and kind of did something very <laughs> dramatically different than he was doing with Porcupine Tree. Um, but it was still good. And then uh, he did a couple after that, and I don't even remember uh, what the hell they're called, to be honest. One of them is called To the Bone. Yeah, I think that was after this, actually. It was, which yeah. like conjures up a more, like I don't know, like early 80s solo artist striking off for the first time, and he should be like in a jean jacket. It says, like, To the Bone on a big patch on his back. <laughs> Stephen Wilson, To the Bone. I don't know. Yeah, actually, we were in uh, we were in a record store in Iceland, and Christopher found To the Bone on vinyl, and he held it up, and he was like, Hey, Jim, look what I got. Ooh. I assure you, that is not the tone that I took. <laughs> Ooh, Jimmy, look what I got. That's my impression of Christopher when he gets excited. Look at that. They they like Stefan Arkell as well. Yeah. <laughs> Stefan Arkell. <laughs> All right, um, let's go around the table. Um, let's start with our favorite track, and um, I'm just I'm so curious as to what Christopher's reaction to this album is going to be. So, Christopher, what was your favorite track? Oh, lordy, lordy, I, do I have some thoughts here? 
Oh God. <laughs> no, um, uh, I didn't. I didn't mind this album. Um, I'll start with that. There were parts I didn't like. There were parts I really liked. Uh, but I'm gonna say that "Perfect Life" was the song that kind of stuck out the most to me. Yeah, I figured you'd like that one. Yeah, I I actually put a note there that it was kind of designed for me. Um, yeah, the textures, the vibe. Um, yeah, just everything about it is sort of up my alley. Uh, and it's a it's a well-put-together song. Mm. It's one of the ones that's not, like, 14 minutes long, so it's pretty easy to get into on the first listen. And um, it's not repetitive or kind of simple enough where I think it's going to get old after the 10th listen. Yeah, right. something about that track kind of reminded me of uh, Mercy Street on uh, Peter Gabriel's So album. Like, it's definitely had the most sort of uh, progressive pop uh, vibe to it that, that I that I think he was trying to go for on this record. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the Dreaming, the, the Kate Bush album, is, it's a fucking weird-ass album. Uh, so I, I was kind of surprised to hear that, that that was, like, such an influence on it, because I wasn't really hearing a lot of that. I, I was hearing more, uh, more of Peter Gabriel and, uh, like, uh, Tears for Fears, almost, on this particular song. Hmm. All right. Interesting. How about, how about you, uh, Mr. Barry? My favorite track was Home Invasion. Uh, uh, yes. I was picturing the uh, there, there's a Gordon Ramsay meme that that I see around that like will sometimes get edited. But it's a, but it's him just going like, finally some good fucking food. <laughs> my picture <laughs> in my head was Gordon Ramsay saying like, saying finally some good fucking prog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That 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 whirly shit right off the bat. The all that Wurlitzer shit is just fucking bonkers. It's so good. It's super jazzy and and like right up my alley. Uh, and kind of has it. It's a bit more porcupine tree, and like has more of a more of an edge to it. Uh, the lighter sections kind of reminded me of uh, '70s Genesis for kind of giving a nice contrast there. Uh, super tasty guitar stuff on the verses. Yeah, I, I I dug every minute of that track. Yeah. Uh, the one of the lines of lyrics I heard as uh, "Down home, I dream of Vanna White." <laughs> I don't know what he actually says there, but I assume it's not that. No. No, uh, one of the, he's doing one of the so, he's, he's doing some uh, some uh, he's trying to be Pat Sajak. Yeah, he oh, okay. he's yeah, a yeah. huge he's a huge uh, Wheel of Fortune fan, so it's not yeah. not he's a Sajakite. Oh. Yeah. oh, oh, okay. So he's a he's a fan of uh, conservative pieces of shit. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, so one of the things about the production of Home Invasion that I really dug was that um, you could really hear the metal of the guitar strings, uh, mm. particularly towards the top of the uh, song. There's uh, there's some songs that 
where you can really hear the metal, and I'm not talking about like genre. You can really hear like I, I, don't, I don't know how to describe it. Besides that, it's just you can actually hear the you can hear the, the vibration of you, you can, metal. Strings. Yeah, you can yeah. hear that it's that it's a metal string. You can almost hear the pick gliding against the uh, like the exactly, threads and yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he might have, um, and I've I've heard of engineers doing this before, where they'll actually they'll mic the amp and then they'll mic the actual uh, electric the guitar. guitar, so you can get yeah, that kind of. It, it wasn't quite that, uh, but yeah, no, it, uh, it, like you could hear it through the amp more than anything. But yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. They actually do that quite a they bit. They put on, uh, some fresh Dubs strings album. on that day, <laughs> but you're supposed yeah, to. Yeah, uh, that's that's probably what happened in the end. They use like fresh strings, and I'm impressed because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I do, it's like it's like getting a new prescription of glasses. It's like holy shit, this sounds amazing. Why don't I do this more often? <laughs> <laughs> Every time I do, I'm like, oh, well, there's 20 minutes wasted. Oh, that too, yeah. <laughs> it is a pain in the ass. I just make Gina do it now. <laughs> oh, that's that's really cool of you. Yeah, I'm terrible. <laughs> I'm a terrible husband. Honey, can you do this for me, please? That's exactly it, though. <laughs> no shame. She's like, I mean, they're, she's they're like hanging shit. out. She's like doing her flowers, and Patrick just kind of comes into the room, doesn't say a word, and just like slowly hands her the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's a good she's a good sport. <laughs> nice. All right. Um, my favorite track is actually going to be, which is pretty much the second half of Home Invasion, uh, but it's actually uh, Regret Number Nine. Because that fucking synth solo, Jesus tap dancing Christ, mm. it's just fucking great. And the guitar, everything, every instrument in that fucking song is stupendous. Um, yeah, I don't know, it just, just really I, that, gives me that the was the moment where I, I actually uh, wrote down a note that I really like his lead guitar playing because he's a very competent guitar player and he can do extremely flashy things. But what he does, as opposed to a lot of the super uh, masturbatory guitarists out there, is that he uses like runs or like really impressive little flourishes as transitions, as opposed yeah. to sort of the showcase or the um, like the centerpiece. So right. he's doing very lyrical, melodic guitar playing that uh, causes you to actually feel something and respond to the chord progression. But at the same time, uh, he's able to do like a little bit of flash in between. Yeah, I mean, and I and I had a note about that too. He uses the guitar as basically another vocal part, um, yeah. and he, if you listen to his earlier, earliest, earlier stuff, and you kind of read into how he was, you know, w what he was listening to as a kid, he's a huge Pink Floyd fan, and you can definitely hear. Oh the shit! David, you don't the, say the David Gilmore influence in his guitar playing for sure. The uh, the synth solo in this it's a very impressive uh, bit of uh, synth playing, but yeah. the synth sound is lifted directly from Dark Side. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I actually really I... liked the the very end of Regret Number Nine. Uh, had this nice little like sad piano banjo. flourish with with yeah. some lonely banjo. It, yeah, just yeah. yeah, gave me a nice little nice little feeling there. Like I liked that that bit of instrumentation. Um, what song was it? Uh, so speaking of uh, 
Pink Floyd and Pink Floyd influence. Actually, if you in in transience that that synth kind of blast that happens, it it reminded me of Welcome to the Machine. <laughs> it was like, oh yeah, I can hear that. My my, my one note for transient was um, a mere five words. Great open parentheses. Pink Floyd close parentheses. Synth tones. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, uh, Christopher, what is your least favorite track? Least favorite track is going to be the title track, Hand Cannot Erase. It was just kind of this bombastic ballad, and nothing about it distinctly sounded like Arcade Fire, but it felt like Arcade Fire to me. <laughs> and um, not that that's necessarily a bad thing. Like, Arcade Fire are a bunch of, like, shitty people. Like, I don't care for their music after they sort of, like, outed themselves as such. Um, first record still holds up to me, uh, first couple of records, and... The piano in this, actually, I think is what really kind of made me think of it. it. Something about it made me think of Neighborhood Number 1 in uh, the sort of like the double-handed piano leads in that. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And I, yeah, I kind of got that out of it. And it's, again, it, it worked for Arcade Fire in 2005. Um, I don't think it necessarily works uh, for Stephen Wilson here. Now, I actually kind of liked that track because it, it, it had a bit more of... Uh, indie rock pep to it and I, I think that's yeah probably where where you're here in the arcade fire i don't know it's something about it i i was kind of shaking my buns along to it it had a bit more uh <laughs> i don't know Jesus christ man i don't know it's just like it, it, it came off like the wankery was used i thought to like you know came off more like interesting pop than like wink, wimpy prog i don't know I, I i didn't i didn't hate that one i like that one well, I didn't hate it either. Uh, it's just, it's definitely my least favorite. Sure. Um, and by, by quite a bit, I would say. But yeah. All right. Patrick. Uh, my least favorite was Transients. Uh, it was just kind of boring. I didn't really have any notes for it. Uh, yeah, it, it was just kind of wimpy and didn't do it for me. That's all I can say. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Miley's Fader. I'm actually gonna I'm gonna kind of side with Christopher. Um, I, again, like I don't not like Hand Cannot Erase, but it's it just kind of feels like the odd one out on this album. Um, and I still like it, but yeah, like all pretty much all the same sentiments as, as what Christopher said. It's just kind of, eh, but still good, but not as good. All right. Uh, MVP moment, Christopher. Ooh, for me, uh, it came pretty early in the process. Uh, I actually had a couple possibilities, but I'm going to go with the one that's going to be easier to kind of, uh, make into a bite-sized audio snippet. 
uh, and that's going to be the organ solo on uh, First Regret. Okay. Or, or, sorry, that's going to be three years earlier, or three years older, rather. First regret is the uh, the the transition into it. Right. Uh, yeah, that organ solo was just uh, was just it was a nice. <laughs> yeah, the keyboard work. I, I made a note. The keyboard work on the end of that song was really fucking good. Nice organ tones. Yeah, I really I really dug it. And um, the other thing that I that I really liked that I wanted to single out, but I, I don't want, I don't think it's like a true MVP thing because it's sort of like uh like a it's it's too long of a bit but uh the intro to ancestral i really really dug uh because it had a sort of a great sort of 2007-ish burial uh dubstep sort of vibe to it that uh that i really liked all right cool so patrick what is your mvp moment uh so i uh my my note here for the song routine was I think Nanette Taeb wrote her own Wikipedia article because it's like in not a very encyclopedic tone at all. <laughs> uh, it, it sounds like her publicist wrote it or something. Uh, but uh, I, I meant to look up the the lyrics to the song, but uh, I, I ended up kind of timestamping it instead. There's a vocal melody of hers that happens around like six and a half minutes. Uh, it's just it's really really nice, and then it uh, yeah. it ends with this uh, this like weird scream grunt thing, uh, with, with this like weird flourish that happens at the end of it. Uh, it. It's it was just like a really crazy emotive moment for me on the record. Like I I just it was really weird and and creepy, and I I liked it a lot. <laughs> Yeah, Jesus. This Wikipedia article um, does not sound neutral. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, the 2016 tour was the result ahead. of Nanette's short visit to the U.S. in 2015, which created an extensive buzz and high demand for this quote-unquote infectious female artist. Yeah, right. <laughs> it, yeah. yeah, this is does not have a neutral tone. <laughs> now that's a press kit if I ever fucking heard it. Yeah. Uh, how, what's your MVP moment, Jim? My MVP moment is actually also going to be ancestral. Um, it's when the fucking like song like slams in. And he's basically saying, come back if you want. And uh, it's just really fucking epic. It's an epic slam. And just all the kind of vocal layering and instrumental stuff that's happening is just really, uh, really, really moved me. So uh, that's my MVP. Speaking of move, I oh, I, right. I pooped during that song. Oh, so oh, that... Okay, so that, that was the song? That was the one, <laughs> yeah. 
it's a nice long one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think this one's like thirteen minutes long, but yeah. it's got it's got like a few different sep- uh, sections to it. And there's a there's a there's another great guitar solo on that song too. Well, yeah, it's got a great arrangement. So I I never felt like I don't know bored by it. Right. It, um, it 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 chugged along and did its thing. I was I was into it. Yeah. All right. Uh, right. comparable album. Um, I am going to go with what may appear to be a cheap shot, uh, but I'm going to go with Dark Side of the Moon. Uh, just because sonically, I think it has a lot of common ground with it. Uh, a lot of the synth tones, a lot of the melodies. It's it's not a ripoff of it. It's certainly an homage. Uh, yeah, but there's, there's um, definitely a lot of similarities there. I I even made some notes about some of uh, Nanette's uh, vocal is kind of uh, great big gig in the sky esque. Ooh yeah, for sure. I I was hearing little bits of that. Have I have I told you guys that I fucking hate that song? Really? I have it, but uh, yeah. um, well, I'm gonna do it at me, karaoke. Let me, let me be clear. <laughs> let me be clear. I hate the album version of it because there is a version that's piano only that I do like. Um, I I am probably in the minority, but I think that the vocals ruin that song. Fair enough, Patrick. Uh, yeah, I, I had a tough time thinking of a comparable album. Uh, I was actually going to go with, uh, Peter Gabriel's 2002 album Up, uh, which I actually did not really listen to until kind of recently. Uh, they don't really have a ton of sonic similarities, but I think just the, uh, modern take on the progressive pop genre, uh, you, you could kind of draw some comparisons between the two, uh, melodically too, and just with some of the arrangements, I guess. All right. What about you? My comparable album is actually going to be uh, in the same ballpark as Christopher. I'm going to go with The Wall. Um, All right. And, yeah, maybe some some Sonic things, like, uh, you know... Uh, Oh, in, in the same in the same vein, but more so, I guess, for the theatrics of the album, I would say. Um, oh yeah, yeah. All right, nice. We're just yeah. we're just chugging along here. We're just chugging right along. Oh hey, uh, Patrick, did uh, we told you that uh, Jim had horse, right? Oh, oh yeah, no, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, you, did, you didn't tell the world too. yet, but uh, yeah, let's make a public announcement. Public address. Yeah, right. I have eaten horse. And that's it. No, sir. I don't have anything to say about the horse. <laughs> no, sir. I didn't no, like it. No, it. Uh, it was good. <laughs> yeah. It, which I, I think it might be the title of my uh, Ren Stimpy podcast. <laughs> no, sir. I don't like it. <laughs> that's pretty no, good. No, sir. I didn't like it. Um, that's very good. Either I that approve. or uh, um, the Wilbur Cobb show. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like that, too. <laughs> um, uh, it was good. It, it had uh, it had the pretty much the same texture as like a steak. Um, and I mean, the place that we had it, they cooked it very well, I think. I mean, I'm assuming that's what horse tastes like and texture wise feels like. Yeah. It was very tender. Yeah, it looked pretty it rare the, from the picture I saw. Yeah, it wasn't like bleeding or anything, but uh, it was it was a little... Uh... It was a little. I mean, it it was just super tender. It wasn't chewy or anything. It was just. It was. It was really good. Was yeah, it? Yeah, uh, it was good. Was it tenderloin? 
Uh, it actually wasn't, which is insane because this thing was like falling apart. Oh yeah. What what, what no, kind I, of meat was it? Uh, I think it was just like <laughs> <laughs> no, like what I think muscle? it was just like a standard sirloin. It, it didn't speci- it didn't specify. It just said horse steak. Yeah, yeah. They gave you butt cheek meat, <laughs> which I is mean, sirloin. Whatever they did with it, it it worked well. Yeah, you know, it was it was surprising to me because like horses, they seem like very. I mean, they are they're very muscular animals. So like to have it be like that tender and not like, you know. Stringy, yeah, was well, it, uh, was a pleasant surprise. Well, you want to you want to avoid the muscles that uh, that do get you know overly exercised and go go for the ones that are like a little more internal, uh, you know, versus leg yeah. muscles. So those are going to be you know more exercised and therefore a lot leaner and stringier. Yeah, I mean the place we went to it's a it's a restaurant called uh, Tapas Barin, and so it was all tapas oh so i ended up getting the horse myself so i cut off jim a tiny piece just so he could try it and then by the end i was like do you want another piece he's like yeah <laughs> he, uh, had, he had had the hunger i have yeah, horse no, fever <laughs> yeah so it was um yeah the texture was very similar to steak and i would say the taste was very much like steak too but there was when I mean, we were discussing this there was there's a little something extra there it's like a, it, and i don't want to say it was like sweeter than than steak but that like that's the only thing i can really think there's like a tinge of sweetness to it it kind of reminded me of uh like bison if you've ever had bison it's it was kind of similar to oh, that I, I love bison i would not have expected yes, that from that, horse it's yeah. in that ballpark yeah yeah interesting all right so, yeah um go go talk to your local legislator uh see what we can do about making uh horse meat more of a uh a thing in this country <laughs> see, i mean with with cars like you know we we don't need horses anymore like y- you can eat them right what are we gonna do with all those horses we, we got to do something with them yeah we are just lousy with horses just the other day i went out to sleep the porch and i had to chase about seven horses away from my yard yeah I, yeah they're, it's a, real, a, real they're a real pest animal <laughs> i mean meat, they're meat out could... there they're out there in my backyard they're they're eating my fucking carrots you know yeah, that's the thing. Like, people think that it's not a problem, but the people who think that are people who live in the city, and they don't have carrots growing in their yard, and they don't <laughs> depend on those carrots so that they can juice them later on in a very inefficient manner, about seven carrots per per pint or so, uh, to drink. Let's, let's, I'm going to get real with y'all. Like, the world world's meat consumption, like, all across the board is at, at, at like, the highest rate that it's ever been, and it's only, you know it's getting exponentially higher. So like we got to, we got to make up the difference somehow, like just make horse burgers. Do you think horse has less of less of a environmental impact than beef? Uh, probably because, uh, cows are bigger and, uh, they, they produce a lot more methane when they graze. So you could be onto something there. Yeah, we'll I just, don't know. Whoa, 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 let's let's slow down a second here, high speed. Um, <laughs> what, what kind of what kind of science are you using to determine that cows produce more methane than horses? Their diet is super similar. Their cows, I wouldn't say, are necessarily bigger. They're just shaped differently. They have uh, complete, yeah, but they have completely different digestive systems. That uh, cows have like this, you know, system that like you know it, it, it the multiple stomachs and like they go from one into the other and then like back into the other one and then like they go back into the first one and then back you know like through to the seventh one and then it skips one i don't know it's, it's fucking nuts <laughs> but like yeah but, uh, okay cool so like I'm, fucking... I'm feeling I'm feeling very confident in your scientific <laughs> knowledge of cows versus horses right now you should be 
Yeah, no, as far as I'm concerned, you're the expert. I, I'm certainly the loudest. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Patrick Barry, horseman. Oh. Yeah. All right, should we rate it? Okay. Yeah, let's rate it. Go ahead, CB. All right. So um, this is actually the second Stephen Wilson solo album I've listened to in its entirety. Um, a friend of mine uh, who is about as big a fan of Jim as of Stephen Wilson once made me listen to, I believe, In Absentia. Um, In Absentia's Porcupine Tree. That's the one we did. No, then that wasn't it. I forget the album. Um but I listened to another one of his albums, and I liked it. It was it was totally fine. Um, it's just not something that I necessarily would jump out and listen to on my own at any given point in time. Uh, Grace for Drowning, that was the album. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, I, I liked it. There was nothing I didn't like about it, but at the same time, it wasn't something that spoke to me personally. Um, so it's, it's not something I've returned to since. And I would say that this album is very similar in that regard. Um, there was a lot that I really liked about it. Um, there was some things I didn't like about it, but at the end of the day, it's like, um, I, I enjoy sometimes eating a nice turkey dinner, but I do it on Thanksgiving. It's about the only time of year. That makes sense? I so agree. <laughs> basically what you're saying is you'll only listen to this record if it's Thanksgiving. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean like it, it's 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 a totally fine album. It ticks off a lot of boxes for me, but for some reason it just doesn't speak to me. It's it's not it's not for me even though it has no reason not to be. Um so for that reason, I am going to give it a strong 7. All right. Um if 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 it had that certain je ne sais quoi that it needed to to be something that I kind of got, like just clicked with me and I got, it would definitely be an 8 or a 9. Cool. Patrick? Uh, so, this was the uh, first time I've listened to any Stephen Wilson solo album, and first time listening to this one, obviously. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought that uh, the production was, was fantastic. I, I remarked on that in our uh, Slack chat while we were listening. Uh, and, uh, yeah, there, there's just... I could tell there was a lot of work put into the arrangements. Uh, so... I'm going to give it a uh, even to strong eight. Uh, and there are reasons why I didn't give it anything stronger. I think the instrumentation and, and what everyone was doing uh, could have merited a nine from me. Uh, but there's just something about Stephen Wilson's vocals that are like a bit listless and, and kind of boring to me. I just wish like he put a little more emotion into it. And I think that's why he brought in like uh, Nanette and uh, I I want to say there's another vocalist at some point too, to kind of you know build on 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 his vocal style. Uh, yeah, and I guess uh, yeah, I, I I would give it a you know a considerable eight. I, I would agree that his vocals are, are the weakest part um, because he's he's doing a lot of interesting things musically. Like I was saying before, I, I really really enjoy his guitar playing. I think that uh, yeah. he's super expressive as a guitar player. Um, and his writing is obviously very, very good. But yeah, I think it is the vocals that is probably the one thing that's just not kind of hitting me. Right. It, it makes it feel kind of disingenuous and, and maybe like kind of insecure about myself in that way, too. <laughs> as like as somebody who's like also a multi-instrumentalist and like not a big fan of my own vocals. So like I just I just like listen to this and I'm, I'm like when I hear things that I don't like, I'm like, oh, bro, what are you doing? 
What am I doing? <laughs> what you doing, bro? What am I even doing? What am I even doing? Jim. This baby's going to get a strong nine from me. Um, it's not a perfect album, um, but it's got... It, you know, you were me- mentioning the the tick boxes. This thing, this thing ticks off everything that I could pretty much think of. It's got kick-ass guitar solos. You know, very uh, tasteful guitar solos. That synth solo fucking kicks ass. And uh, I know you mentioned kind of pulling from Pink Floyd as far as synth sounds go, and that's fine by me. Um, and then also Marco Miniman on the drums is he's just a fucking powerhouse, and he's mm. just doing some really. Uh, he's, he, the thing about him is he's, he's got the ability to play and be very flashy, but it's not like over the top, like he makes it fit. Um, and it's not like he's overplaying on the songs, but he's still doing a lot of really cool things. Well, it's like, it matches the, it matches the guitar parts where he's just doing like fills, you know, in between straight ahead melodic stuff. Yeah, and he's using um, he uses his flashiness as more of a way to kind of lead into like more important parts that are a bit more lyrical, right? Uh, kind of like I was saying earlier. So yeah, definitely agreed there. All right. Also, also, our, uh... Oh, go ahead. I, I, I was going to say also had Nick Beggs from uh, Kajagugu. Yeah, so I'm not familiar with that band. Should I check that out? Is that something that would be up my alley, Patrick? No, I mean they they just did that. That they were the one hit wonder that did too shy. Like the rest of the album was kind of not good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that song, or maybe I do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I don't know. I do. All right, I'll Too check it out. Shy, shy, hush, oh, hush. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Got a nasty bass part. But yeah. That's about That's, it. <laughs> did he do anything else besides that in this? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. He he's done a ton of uh, because he's a pretty good basis so i think he's done a ton of session stuff here and there uh gotcha. and like a few other bands cool what's our uh what's our score there cb that's gonna leave us with an eight an even eight wow All right. i think that's a pretty good score yeah i'd say so ranking pretty strong all right oh we Powered through that for this special birthday bonus. Yeah, um, sure what, did. What else do you guys got? You got anything you want to plug a Roni? How, how does this uh, feel to be older? Um, not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that yeah, the thirties are are uh, they're tough. You just it's get a- funny because. <laughs> It's funny because Emily is like, "Oh, are you excited for your birthday?" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> no. Once you reach thirty, like it doesn't fucking matter anymore." <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. It's yeah, it's it's all monopoly money at that point. Your yeah. age. It's I was trying to explain number. that to her. She's she's still a youngin. So <coughs> yeah, yeah, man. No, it's great because like then you have things happen. Like like I got sick halfway through the trip to Iceland, and I started getting better at the end. Then I flew back and like basically had what ended up being a late night just due to the time change right. and like yeah. reacclimating, and then I got sick again. So like that's the kind of thing that you can look forward to now in your life. Like this is where you are, and uh, you know, welcome to the club. Yeah, no, I think as soon as I hit thirty, things just started hurting that never hurt before. It's fucking uh, incredible. I I yeah, know it's it, it was like literally overnight too. Like I know you know like being a kid, like you always hear people joke about it. Like oh yeah, I turned this age, and all of a sudden everything just hurts. That's fucking real. 
It's not, yeah, it's no, not it's, a joke. It's definitely a real thing, yeah. <laughs> my, my favorite fucking thing to do is sleep. It, it's all I want to fucking do is, is I wake up and, and I'm just waiting to get back into my bed. <laughs> I just <laughs> See, I, I hurt from sleeping. That That's another new thing oh, in yeah, my life. Yeah. Sleeping is painful now. <laughs> I wake up and I'm like, ah, oh, my fucking hip hurts. You need a new mattress. Yeah, that's probably it too. We are, we are a podcast. We should we should plug a mattress, shouldn't we? Yes, by um, Casper. <laughs> <laughs> actually, Hashtag Casper. I, we we have a purple mattress. Actually, it's fucking dope. <laughs> yeah, we have a Bowen Branch. Is that one? I think so. Yeah, yeah, we have that, and it's fine. I don't know what we have. I think Enter I think Emily, Emily was code. talking about. Uh, Basically, our mattresses. Her dad was like, "I just bought this mattress. It's awesome. Here, take it." <laughs> so now we have this it's, mattress. Scare quotes. Awesome. <laughs> take it. <laughs> it's just like a box of hay. Hey. All right, you. Horse. Hey. You want to plug anything there, CB? Uh, no. I uh, finished mixing the uh, first round for the DCA uh, album. Uh, all the tracks have a first pass. They're out with, uh, with Todd and Rick now, so pretty excited to hear back uh, with all of their feedback, and hopefully that will be out sooner than later. Fantastic. Yeah. Cool. Yeesh. Pa- Patrick. Uh, I don't know. What, what, where are we at? Like Late October now? Yeah, probably this week. This this episode's gonna come out today. I'm gonna edit it and post it today. So, oh, it depends if I if I send you my audio track today. You never know. I might fucking fall asleep. (laughs) Uh, It is Saturday. If Patrick doesn't fall asleep, it'll be out on October 19th. Excellent. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, I I do have some shows coming up. Uh, Vos, which is a band, uh, doom metal band, I play uh, keyboards for. Uh, We're doing a show on December. 14th uh the jungle with with a surprise party uh who that that's actually uh lils's band as well uh you could check her out playing drums uh and me playing keyboards and wearing a cape with those and that's at the jungle in somerville uh and then i think smell and butterscott are doing a show at once in somerville together on the 17th tuesday the 17th yeah nice yeah yeah i'm actually gonna have a a full week of gigging Oh, and by shit. full, I mean two, because uh, so I'm playing with you at, at uh, once, and then on the fifteenth, uh, Seth actually hit me up. He, I'm going to be filling in on drums for uh, the big lonesome for uh, a holiday party. So, Ooh. oh man, that'll be uh, interesting. He uh, hit, I, I'll probably want to check that out. <laughs> he he hit me up and was like, "Hey, you want to fill in on drums for this Christmas party?" He's like, "You get <laughs> you get some free roast beef or free." Uh, prime rib and free booze and i was like i'm there man I'll oh do anything yeah for, oh for it's gonna be like a free slab of meat oh it's gonna be like be christmas my... time yeah that'll be nice. yeah seth i'll be there and my gout won't be far behind <laughs> yeah for, pretty much actually you know what though i i ate a pretty good amount of red meat and drank a pretty good amount of beer last week and i feel okay so you even had a little bite of uh shellfish yeah that was terrifying <laughs> cool it's delicious squ- but terrifying some uh, squid beak. What? Yeah, what the, what the hell did you just say? <laughs> oh, wait, squids are, aren't uh, shellfish. Sorry, they're they're mollusks. But uh, no, they're not. They're uh, they're what are they called? 
cynopods Squid. or something? Oh, cephalop... Not cephalopods? Snuffleupagus. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Yes, they are Big Bird's imaginary friend who later became real. Oh, yes. wow. Snuffleupagus did become real. That was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I think they uh, canonized him. No, like in real life, he wasn't just a, a Muppet. He was like a real creature. Yeah, he's he's now a paid actor. Yeah. Yeah, he he gets scale at least. That is a sentient uh, woolly mammoth that looks like a Muppet. I wonder where he lives, because like, he can't live in a standard apartment or home. Um, he might be able to rent a garage or something. Probably North I can't Jersey. imagine that's too warm. North Jersey? I was, yeah. I was thinking Williamsburg, uh, Brooklyn. He, he's, a nah, hip, he, he's a hip guy. Dude, where, where would he live there? I don't know. He would need like a special door wherever installed wherever he's going. He so if he's in an apartment he building, need they need a... He doesn't need much. He's a minimalist. Just yeah, needs a place I'm, to put I'm, his I'm, tissues and uh, so he can snuggle. Yes, and guys, yes. guys, all right, look, look, I just I just looked it up. You're both wrong. He's living uh, out in uh, Encinitas, uh, California now. He's married with uh, three children. Oh, oh right. okay. That makes sense. Hey, here's a question for you. Uh, is he married to a human? And if so, uh, what kind of uh, abominations against God uh, has he created? <laughs> uh, last I heard, I think he's married to uh, Barbara Walters. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, this all of this adds up. Yeah, for like for like um, for like thirty five years too. It's crazy. It's been a while <laughs> since like the late eighties. It's yeah, it's no, his uh, his, his kids real... his three his three kids are all grown up. They're actually uh, they're actually in the uh, film industry as well. Oh, okay. It's great when you see these real life uh, Hollywood romances that 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 just last and make yeah. it. You know. Yeah, one one of the kids from Stranger Things, I I think, is one of uh, Snuffleupagus's. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, the one with the curly offspring. hair. Yeah. 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 Jesus. <laughs> All right. Ending on a high yeah. note. Yeah. All right. I didn't <laughs> plug. No, I haven't done my plugs yet. All right, uh, plug. So I actually, <laughs> I actually have a couple of things. So um, if this does get released today, uh, which it should, um, I did some audio work on the uh, film Stray, which is uh, having its world premiere tonight. Uh, uh, and I will be attending that. Did some did some boom op for that, and a little bit of a little bit of audio recording. Uh, will, will it be available online afterwards for uh, people who can't make the screening? Uh, yes, I believe so. Um, and uh, it's being put out by Fatfoot Films, so check out their website for more information. I believe it's just fatfootfilms.com, or you can go to their Facebook page, Fatfoot Films. Um, and then also my blog for my studio. I tore down some walls yesterday. Feeling pretty good, making some progress. Uh, I basically decided that um, after I cleaned out the the unfinished side of the basement that's going to become the live room, I was like really kind of sitting and thinking about the structural engineering uh, facts of, of, of what's going on in the basement. And I was like, you know what? I'm gutting the whole fucking thing. So I'm tearing down. I'm not going to oh. tear down the studs, but uh, I'm tearing down um, all the plaster and drywall and uh, going to rerun some wires and add some um, some more sound treatment behind the walls because there was not as much as I would have liked to have put in there when I first built it out many, mm. many moons ago. So that's all getting redone and uh, I'm feeling pretty good. And um, check out my blog if you want to see the progress. Buildingahomestudio.wordpress.com. Yeah, hell yeah. This is a garbage off. 
tear down this wall. <laughs> I'm finding all kinds of fucking mouse shit, which is driving me insane. Oh, no. You need a yeah. cat. Yeah. You can, I borrow, well, if, can, I, can I borrow one of your cats? <laughs> yeah, you could, you could take one of them. You could take Gunter. Rent, if, he's being a little rent asshole a cat. lately. Who is? Well, if you collect Gunter. enough. Gunter's being an asshole? What's he doing? I don't know. Just... too many uppies? No, he doesn't anymore. He, I started letting him outside, and he, he thinks he's fucking king shit now. I'm like, he's like, I don't fucking need you anymore. I've got yeah, this exactly. whole big world. In fact, like, yeah, but when I, when I try to pick him up, he thinks he's, you know, too good for it or something. He yells at me, and just <laughs> he only comes in when he wants to eat. Yeah, he gave him a taste of the world, and yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, <laughs> flew too close to the sun. That's exactly what happened. All right, let's let's wrap this baby up. Um, so uh, yeah, this has been Hand Cannot Erase by Stephen Wilson. <laughs> yeah, I love shoving Stephen Wilson down your guys' throat. It's fun. Um, Anytime. Yeah. All right. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, Jim. And uh, yeah. Flea, Flea, and I share a birthday. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Which one? Uh, what are the ones that's on Gunter? Yeah. That was a tick, not a flea. It's deer tick season. Ugh. Yeah. I'm like, you know what sucks is like, so I've got all these woods behind my house now, my my new house, and I want to go out and walk through the woods, but I'm fucking terrified of ticks. Yeah, so fuck that. Like... <laughs> yeah, the cats keep coming home with them on them, and they're, it's fucking nasty. You got to like pull them off. They're like these little fucking cranberry sized things yeah not that big but yep they'll fuck you up yeah. alright I'm Jim I'm Patrick I'm Christopher and we'll see you guys in birthday hell Remember a time when the internet wasn't a cesspool? When Nickelback was not the lazy comedian's punchline? When The Last Jedi or Ghostbusters didn't ruin anyone's childhood? We do. Nickelbackin is a monthly podcast hosted by three longtime friends who really
really just need an excuse to shoot the shit. But in the meantime, go call out some internet hyperbole bullshit while they're at it. Do you secretly enjoy the smooth taste of Dunkin' Donuts coffee? Maybe you're a fan of the work of Jim Carrey. Hell, maybe you even like Nickelback. We don't, but we're in their corner, and by default, we're in your corner too. Listen to Nickelback on the Zero Science Network, wherever you download podcasts. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.